shit and paper on his player haters old news money on the other line so i'm Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of I'm Not Gonna Hold You, man. This is episode 12. As usual, I am your host, Scott. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BarbChairScott. You can follow this great company that supports this show, that produces this show, HB Media at HB Media TV on Twitter, and it's at HB Media on Instagram. Of course, you can follow my company, the Barbershare Network, at BarbershareNet on Twitter and Instagram. You subscribe to our Patreon right now, patreon.com backslash Barbershare Network, man. Uh, happy Justin Fields Day. Happy National Justin Fields Day. Even though it is, of course, when we're recording, this is a Wednesday. It is the first official day of fall, but it's 100 fucking degrees out here in California, in Los Angeles. And I got this hot-ass jersey on where it's to support my quarterback. It is officially here. We're going to have my brother on later in the show. We're going to talk about everything that's going on with Justin Fields and the Bears heading to this week's matchup against the Cleveland Browns. But <clears throat> let's start the show off with my sound off, man. Uh, I'm going to start this off with a little baseball, man. Let's talk about my Chicago White Sox. Uh, today, they will have an opportunity to clinch the AL Central Division Championship to be their first AL Central Division Championship in 13 years. 13 years, that's the longest gap between division titles and White Sox history. Uh, and this will be the first time in our over 100-year history as a franchise that we're making the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. Uh all that's crazy. All that's good. But let's get into a little bit of things I'm worried about. Now, the playoffs are just a couple weeks away. Uh, the, the White Sox will be in a best of five series. That's the, that's the gift you get by winning your division. They will not have to be in a one-off wild card game. Thank God. Uh, but I'm worried. I'm worried about this team. Uh, Tony LaRusso, who is the team's manager, uh, he has adopted the low management tactic that you see in the NBA so much, really the second half of the season. And, and you know, I, I understand it because this team has been – ravaged with injuries like this has been the most injured team in the majors by far uh i even seen a stat the other day that yesterday against detroit was only the fourth time all season that we've had our best hitters and eloy jimenez joan makata abreu i mean jose abreu uh luis robert and yasmani grandal all in the same lineup at the same time which is a ridiculous stat but so, like, I get it, but one, this is not a, uh, you know, turn on and off situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not something where I, if there were a veteran team like the Dodgers or the Astros, I wouldn't have a problem with them, you know, pretty much saying, oh, we'll wait till October comes. This is a young team. And to be real, this is their first real playoff experience. Last year was a weird year. It was it was, it was, was the bubble-style playoffs. It was the first time you had a wild-card series, which was the best of three. It was in Oakland, but there wasn't a damn stand in the fan. It wasn't that loud, raucous crowd you would get in the Oakland Coliseum as usual. So I don't really take much into that season. And honestly, if you look at it, it was a 60-game season. And, you know, it was a 102-game that we didn't play last year because of the, uh, the pandemic. I truly believe that team wasn't deep enough to make the playoffs. I do think they would have collapsed. So I'm not taking much time in the team being prepared like that. And, you know, there's one thing with, with baseball. you can, It's really about timing. You know, even look at the Dodgers two years ago. The Dodgers were like 110 and 50 or something like that, and they won their last seven series heading into October, and they lost in the first round to Washington. 
So it, it can happen. This team can go in October and turn it up. You know, we know, I might be looking here a month from now as they're getting ready for game one of the World Series, which is on my birthday. That would be an awesome birthday gift to have my team in the World Series again. Won't be as great as 2005 since they won on my birthday, but I'll take it. Um, so who knows? Maybe a month from now they'll be getting ready for game one of the World Series, and I'll be sitting here looking like an idiot. I would love that. But I just don't like the urgency in this team. You know, 27 and 28 since the uh, all-star breaks, not a good record, but Tony La Russa has also been a guy who he's been on both sides of the spectrum. He's been a guy who's had the top record in the league and still won a championship. You know, he's been the guy who their team went 35 and 39 the second half of the season, but they still went out there and won the World Series in 2006. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, even though I was not a fan of the hiring, like I've said many times before, I think Tony La Russa has done a pretty damn good job managing this team for the most part. You know, my, my, questions in was never his managerial him being a good manager is just could he relate to the players to me it was kind of be like if phil jackson came out of retirement and coached a young ass team because you know there's there's a there's an age gap but he's done well in that and the white Sox they have the talent they've got the pitching rotation they've got the 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 talent on the offensive side to go out there and win the world series but it's not going to be easy you're going up against the team in the houston astros run the american league last five years so you really don't need everything, man. So I'm nervous about it. Um, you know, I'm concerned about it, but that's why you play the games. And, and MLB, the playoffs is a is a is a toss up. No matter if you cruise into the playoffs or you slumping. So we'll see. But I will enjoy when the White Sox win their division this week. It's been a while, and I, I advise all White Sox fans to enjoy it anyway, man. So don't let that bring you down. But let's get into my rundown, man. Week two of the NFL season is uh is, is in the books. You know, tonight is actually the start of week three. Uh, will be the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans facing off another blah. Uh, Thursday night football game. Who knows? We might get a good one. Last week, we did not expect uh, Washington and, and the Giants to be a good game. It came down to the wire, but it was. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to talk about my top three storylines that stem from week three, week two. The one, I want to talk about the NFL officiating, which might be, I don't, I'm not going to say it's the worst in sports because I do believe MLB has the worst uh, officiating the sports. I mean, they need to get a damn. They, Robot umps, please, for the love of God. These umps don't know what a damn strike zone is. But the officiating this week is really was about the taunting rule. And I came on the show a couple weeks ago when it was announced that the, that the NFL was going to crack down on taunting. We saw at least four or five of those penalties, which were big penalties in these games. The Bears had one. Uh, the Ravens had one. Uh, and I even think we saw one in the, uh, the Seattle-Tennessee game. And I just don't like it. I don't like it because you're taking the fun away from the game, you're taking the energy away from these games. Now, this is not a thing where, you know, you can't celebrate an end zone. There wasn't any penalties for that. There was multiple end zone celebrations. But, you know, they're getting flagged for you being in the opponent's face. And I don't like that. It's an aggressive game. It's football. It's the most dangerous game out of any sports. It's basically war, legal war <laughs> on the field. Uh, you know, it's pretty much what it is. So you want to see that type of uh, urgency. And if you're a big, if you're a big, uh, you know, if you're a defensive guy, you make a big tackle, you make a big interception and you want to get up in your defender's face to know you're the one who did that play. That's what I want to see. The fans like it. It gets you up. And of course, when you're in the moment, you know, if you're an athlete, you're in the moment. I'm pretty sure you're not thinking about, oh, let me not get a 15 yard penalty and, you know, and be all up in my opponent's face. That type of stuff has got to stop. And we saw it be real influential in a lot of these games. I mean, the Seattle, I think it was Seattle. They lost a lot of good, a lot of uh yardage when they were 
you know, they blew that lead against Tennessee. So I, I need them to cut that out. I need them to cut that out. They've been doing real good on the on the celebrating thing the last couple of years, even having a celebration camera in the end zone during Sunday night football last year, which I thought was cool and they need to bring back. Don't turn into the MLB by being the old guys who don't appreciate fun. And also when I saw the reasoning for it, was a whole bunch of isms in there, whole bunch of isms in there where it felt very racist to me when it comes to the celebration things. I don't want to see that. Let's give the taunting rule. Uh, coming into my second storyline of this week is, is Sam Donald fake decent? Now, for all of y'all who don't know what fake decent is, if you're not from Chicago, fake decent means you all right. You know what I'm saying? Is he right? You know, he looked like hot ass when he was with the Jets. And I think it's, it's, it's peak Jets that Sam Darnold, who they couldn't get to work for years, goes to Carolina, looks pretty good, and then your prize quarterback, Zach Wilson, throws four interceptions against uh, the New England Patriots past week and hasn't really looked that hot in his first two starts. Now, granted, he's a rookie. Even though I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, I don't. I think he was drafted way too high. But he's still a rookie. He's got to get the kinks out, even though a lot of those interceptions were very laughable. Looks real Jake Cutler-esque. I was getting I was getting PTSD watching them throw those balls, but it would be peak Jets that happen. But if you look at what's going on with the Panthers, Panthers are 2-0 right now, uh, tied for first place in the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they get to play uh, Houston. They're going to be playing Houston without Tyrod Taylor this week. Um, so they have an opportunity to go 3-0. Sam Darnold, he's got three touchdowns, one interception. He's been very, very accurate, making good plays. And I think what you're seeing here is what, and what you know, a running back can help a quarterback. He's got arguably a top three running back in the league, uh, with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has really helped him, uh, you know, look like a more efficient quarterback. We have a better running game, it's going to the defense has got to honor the running game, it's going to give the quarterback better looks. And I gotta give my hats off to Sam Darnold. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, crown him yet and officially say he's good, it's only been two games. Defense is well dressed, he will play better teams in the, in the rest of the season, but. I like what I see so far, man. So I got to give it to uh, Sam Darnold. I hope he keeps it up. And uh, we're going to see what's going to happen with that. My last storyline from week two is, is the AFC West wide open? Now, coming into this year, everybody was talking about the Kansas City Chiefs per usual, as you should. They've run that division. They've run the AFC the last three years. Um, But look at the rest of the AFC, man. The Raiders, 2-0. Uh, you got um the Chargers are one and one, and then you've got the Denver Broncos who are two and zero, who actually have a little bit of offense now. Now they've got Teddy Bridgewater. Now I will say I still do believe Kansas City will win this uh division, but if you look at the Broncos and the Raiders schedule, they got a pretty easy schedule in this first half of the season where they can you know stack some wins up and make it close they possibly can going into that stretch run. Uh. I don't. I still think it's going to be between the Chiefs and the Chargers, but it's going to be really interesting to see the Raiders. You know, coming out with two wins. I had them starting on two. I did not see them beating uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens week one at the crib, and I damn sure didn't have them going into Pittsburgh and, and still in a, a still in a win. They went out there and took advantage of that. Derek Carr has been pretty serviceable. I still don't think he, you know, is anything to run home about, but I got to respect him. Uh, thing with Denver, got to get my hats out to Vic Fangio, former Chicago Bears defensive coordinator. Fangio, that defense is always, always pretty good, but Teddy Bridgewater gives that team something they've been missing since Peyton Manning. Now, of course, I'm not comparing the two at all. As somebody who has watched Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater in my division, he's hot and cold. I actually call him Teddy Midwater because you never really know, you know, you know when you think he's going to be great, he goes back to being mediocre again. So you've got that thing going with him. But if you look at the quarterback, Drew Locke, 
you know, I, you know people hyped Drew Locke because he was white boy sitting on the sideline like Jeezy. Who gives a shit? So I he looks much better than him. He gives them a chance to score points, and he's gonna and that defense is gonna always keep them in the game. So as long as Teddy Bridgewater can make plays from here and there, it's going to be good. And I think it's a good placeholder for Denver for what I think is the inevitable, which is Aaron Rodgers becoming Denver Denver Bronco next year. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a division that you got to watch to the end of the season. Now we already knew that their NFC counterpart and NFC West was going to be the the gauntlet that it is now. That whole damn division is two and one, two and zero oh, outside of uh, the Seahawks. So it's gonna be something to look forward to, man. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm going to love watching Chargers Chiefs this weekend. So those are my uh, top three storylines coming into week three. Uh, let's get into my predictions recap. Now I had a much better week this week last week i went seven and nine this week i went 11 and five in my predictions negro dominance is looking pretty good right now that takes my total to 20 and 12 on the season so listen to me when i tell you who to pick in these games uh when we come back we're gonna have my brother on uh we're gonna talk about the bears and then we're gonna get into my top three must watch games for this sunday and uh, now, man, it's time for our weekly 79th and Hallis Minute, man. As usual, I'm going to bring my brother Flo's in. Uh, we're getting ready for week three. Shut up, nigga. <laughs> it is special. <laughs> Justin Fields is starting. I got yeah. time for you to set up your own show. I'm happy. It's a good day. I know Pav's in the background. What up, nigga? <laughs> yeah, can, yeah, can we relax okay. with the N-words? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's, re- let's relax here. What's this up, is my black some- brother? What's up, my black brother? So what were you saying, Pav? What? I was just saying, I was saying hello. I was I was oh. greeting my fellow uh, Negro. <laughs> but uh yeah, it, happy Justin Fields Day. Uh it was announced. Of course, you hear this is Thursday. It was announced yesterday, today, that Justin Fields will be the starter yeah. on this Sunday for the first time. You know, you know, I'm very happy about, you know, when they do the pregame props and they're like, we're getting ready for a game in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. And they're like, Khalil Mack, there's no defensive guy in the picture anymore. That's what I'm happy about. We got different quarterback matchups. Tell us now, of course, you're you're you haven't been to uh, Hallis Hall yet this week. But no. what have you gotten from watching the press conferences that we saw today from Nagy, from Justin and Cole Komet was up there cheesing like a motherfucker. What do you, what do you, what do you think the energy is in this team now that Justin's the starter? Well, I will say I will be at Hallis Hall Thursday or Friday, and I will also be covering the bears game from Cleveland. So look out for that. Look out for our, our for coverage. My first road game literally ever, even when I was covering with the bigs, I didn't cover a road game. So this is a big opportunity for, us in our company but um what i saw I, you know funny thing is i saw the tide changing once andy dalton got out and i saw the exuberance with which the players were playing now of course i don't know the minds of an eddie jackson a khalil mack or david montgomery and alan robinson or what they're thinking but body language tells a ton it's a it's it's like a if you're not doing your poker face your body language can tell how you're feeling and it's right. excitement you see the kid go in and you see them excited on it that being said Eddie Dalton was excited too when Justin came Justin came in that second half there wasn't no hateration in him yeah NFL uh, films picked up him being on the sideline I think that was that was pretty dope to see he's really happy when he, he, when he sealed hater, the game bro. with that first down I will say this for Andy Dalton he's a very likable guy he's yeah. a likable guy like I can't I can't get mad at him. like even when he got hurt I was I was not 
I think that was the one thing I would give the Bears fans. It wasn't a, yay, Andy's hurt. No. It was one of those, damn, I hope Andy's okay. But with that being said, <laughs> it is time. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, what I saw, at, you know, during the game, especially, you know, with them, it, you know, in big-ass binoculars I had, I can literally look down and see the expressions were this, like, excitement because at the end of the day, Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton, the defense, the offense, special teams, every coaches, all the personnel know Justin Fields is the future of your team, you know. Even if Andy Dalton stayed healthy, he at most he would have a season and then that's it. And then it's going back and Justin right. Fields would be your starter. So what I saw is like, man, the future is here for them now. Unlike with Mitch Trubisky, uh, which, you know, not many fans or or, or uh, players probably expected the Bears to get, Justin Fields was, when you, you found out Bears were moving up, Everyone knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Everyone it was, was like Fields time. When you saw, when you saw Eddie Jackson. He's like, man, we found, we got ourselves a QB. He was about to say five. You know <laughs> he, he said, we got a real. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was excited, and so you know, from the press conferences, it's hard to tell how their faces are. It's usually, I actually see how how do they feel when they walk in? What's their energy? Because now, Cole Komet was happy as hell. You know, uh, he he's like, happy. I'm doing that. He's, I'm doing extra spins this week. You know, he's probably happy to start getting some targets. That's what he right, exactly. Happy. Uh, but I, on top of that, if you are a Buckeyes fan, you know how much Michael Rucker meant to uh, uh, the Buckeyes' success. Justin Fields loves tight ends. So I would say I can understand why Cole Komet was excited. He loves himself some t- uh, Justin Fields loves himself some tight, end, tight ends. But what I saw was just this exuberance and this, this excitement. You know, the future of your team is now. You know, not no more, no more waiting, but it's happening at the present moment. It's dope. So, you know, so now let's get to what Mr. Word Salad said today. Uh, he said that, uh, yeah, Justin's the starter, but when he's healthy, Andy is still the starter. Now, it's a couple things I'll say about this. One, I speak fluent Nagy, which I've been able to speak for a couple years now. Matt Nagy is a liar. I've been saying this forever. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I'm not taking any type of stock into what he says about that because you know, number one, it's a bone bruise. I think Andy's going to miss at least a month. You know, they're saying it's going to be week to week and the non-contact um, bone uh, bone uh, joints are, are the worst ones. So, but, I, you know, and even if and when Justin struggles because he's still a rookie and like I've been saying, you know, all week on Twitter, we talked about it on Two Minute Drill this week. He's freshly 22. He's going to make mistakes. We maybe saw him make mistakes in this Bengals game. So I just don't see a world where he brings Dalton back in. Now, if Justin goes out there and balls out, this that's, that's why I actually like what Nagy said. This is breaking new. I actually like something Nagy said. Because when just if Justin plays well, you're like, well, you know, Justin is, you know, he's playing really well. And we're gonna and we're gonna roll with him. Kind of gives him a nice little, you know, uh pocket there. And you know, Justin plays bad. I don't think he'll be bad. I don't think he's gonna be Zach Wilson. I just don't see you taking your young guy, putting him back in, and you putting putting Dalton in there. That would be even too much, even for the Bears. What do you think about what he said today? It makes sense because you don't want an injury to be, especially if a player had a you know pretty solid, at least the second game. Andy Dalton was not playing bad. He wasn't going crazy like people thought he was, but he wasn't playing bad either. Um, you don't want it to, to an injury for you to immediately say, yeah, you know, Justin should start for the rest of the season. That'd be a weird thing for a coach to say. That right. would be, especially if you're Eddie Dalton, you're thinking, okay, I never had a shot. I never had a shot to stay as, a, as, a, as the uh, starter. So it, w- it yep. would have made no sense whatsoever for him to say that. So I understand him saying Eddie Dalton is a starter. That being said, bone bruises, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird. It can take weeks. It can take months. 
you know, if you got a really severe one, it, it, it will take months. Um, so I don't know, you know, the fact that they said, well, I don't know if they ever said, what was the they said it's week to week. It's yeah, week, week to week. week. Yeah. I first thought I said day to day, which I would have said you're lying. But yeah, week to week is the best way to deal with it because bone bruises just, they suck, they hurt, they're nagging, they're lingering. Um, I played with the bron- a bone bruise when I was younger and it, it kept me out significantly. Yeah, we got we to gotta play the coach music. I, I mean, I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry that I was the only athletic one in the family. But uh, I played with one, and it, it took me out of training camp for about a month because it just it just sucked. It just hurts. And when you're trying to put some real you know real weight on it, it, it just stinks. So I understand, you know, uh, completely. I understand the process, but I also understand why Nagy is saying what he is. If Justin Fields goes out and does an exceptional job, they're not you're not going to put Andy Dalton back in. You'd hurt your offense at that point. Right, exactly. And uh, one thing I did like, Cole Komet said, we're going to play hard for him. So I'm expecting a different kind of energy yeah. from the Bears' offense this week. Speaking of offense, let's go into this game. Now, of course, we're going to do our full breakdown preview on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Network for our weekly game previews this week for Bears-Browns. Now, despite Justin playing a full half last week against uh, Cincinnati, offense was still buns. Offense put up 206 total yards, which is terrible. Only scored 13 points. The other seven came from Roquan Smith having that pick six. Now, uh, Justin's got a full week with the ones. He's going to be in practice. What can all because really all the pressure's on Nagy now. He can't use Mitch as an excuse anymore. This is the guy, the franchise guy that you've drafted. We got to see some offensive moves. So what do you think this team can do this week against a very good defense that you can still make plays on? Look, Houston made plays on them this week. What can you expect for them to do to put up more points, especially with a rookie quarterback? Well, the the thing about saying Nagy has no excuses, he has none. He's been through Mr. Bishy, Chase Daniels, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and now Justin Fields. Those are five, five quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Five quarterbacks with very distinct styles of playing, very different styles of play. If you couldn't make it work with five of them, you can't make it work, period. Yeah. My assumption, um, you know, for what I see in, you know, uh, coming up with the Bears and what will make a completely different, obviously, is the his elusive ability and his ability to change the game. But that being said, his arm is stronger than everybody's on the team. Well, I don't know if it's stronger than Nick Foles. Nick Foles' arm is still great for his age and just strong in general. Um, but I think that, Matt Nagy has to turn everything loose at this point. You can't be afraid to baby uh, baby him. Um, you have to make sure also that he is aware of his check downs. He is aware of, you know, you, you're putting in some bubble screens. You're putting in some actual screens. You're making sure you're shifting up with insides and outside zones. You're making sure you put him in a position to succeed. I was watching Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. And all of his passes are like 15 or more yards. Yeah. It's like he's looking for chunk plays every play. That just don't work. It's a it's a it's a recipe for interceptions, which is why he I'm pretty sure he's leading the league right well, now. Well, it's also Urban Meyer is a Urban Meyer is, is a domestic terrorist too. I mean, that's, that's also he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if he if he if it's, it's a matter of he doesn't know what he's doing because he's coached football for so long, but the NFL level is different than the college level. Yeah. Where in, in Florida uh, and with uh, Ohio State, you can get those chunk plays. You can get those. You're not getting those in the NFL that often. Defenses will make you pay for that. So take the underneath. And I think this is a good time for Justin Fields to be aware of his underneaths, but also continue what he did last game. We talked about, okay, the Bears' office didn't put up points. The Bears had an opportunity to have 14 points off uh, 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 of Justin Fields' drive. You had uh, an Allen Robinson miss drop that 
awful and unexcus- inexcusable, but inexcusable. at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, he doesn't do it often. I will give A. Rob and, and Donna Mooney the benefit of the doubt because I still think they were shocked that they had a quarterback that can actually put it where they can catch it. I'll give them a week. I'll give them that. But that being said, he would have had two touchdowns, two turnovers. Yeah. Or, you know, some people were saying, you know, if he would have had those touchdowns, he would have been as throwing as much. That's also true. He probably would have, they probably would have just been running the ball. Ran the ball. Yeah. Um, but in that situation, which I understand, man, you had to throw. You know what I'm saying? You had you have to throw because they know you're going to run. So I, I would not expect him to come out and just be lights out. If he did, then you know, the more the merrier. But very few rookie quarterbacks do that. Um, it takes some time for you to grow into the person that you are. But Matt Nagy has to make sure he's like for real with David Montgomery. He needs to get 100 yards this week. He yeah, David get, Montgomery is the quarterback's best friend. He needs to get you. You saw they saw a video on Twitter where Jason Peters is old and still knocking folks over. Yeah. The, the offensive line, I'm pretty sure the Bears are ranked top five with was it? I think it was a metric of success on the offensive line for run blocking. Let David, let Demo run it. Let Demo run the ball and let him carry the load for a young Justin uh, Justin Fields. And then when Justin Fields has the ball, man, find these people open. Adam Robinson, Darnell Mooney. I like how Darnell Mooney's press conference, but <laughs> Darnell Mooney's press conference had a, a level of exuberance I don't really see from him that often. I don't know if it's because he was a rookie last year and now he is a veteran, but he was like, yeah, you know, I just got to play better, man. I'm looking forward to doing it again. I, I think he realized, okay, the ball is actually going to be in my hands now. I'm not going to have to go crazy to make an uh, insane catch. So it's up to Matt Nagy to lead Justin Fields to the valleys of success. And once that happens, then I think the Bears offense will climb out of the gutter that it's been in for forever. 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 Outside that one year with trust me. But um, as usual, man, this is the seven ninth and house minute. This is sponsored by Harold's Chicken. I don't know which one because I don't know if 103 is still going up, but we'll find more about that. But uh, of course, tune in. Uh my brother will be in Cleveland this weekend to uh, cover the Bears um, Browns game. You can check out the preview pod on Saturday. And of course, our recap pod every Monday, man. You can follow him at Flows and Delaney on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Barbers, not follow 79th the Hallis, the 79th AD Hallis on Twitter. And we'll have you back on here next week. Now, let's get into my top three must-watch games for week three, man. Let's start with my third, with the number three most-watched game of the week. It is the Bears and the Browns, man. The Justin Fields debut. As you see, I got my Fields jersey here. It is time. The the chosen one. The prince that was promised, as I like to call him. He's going to be making his debut star this Sunday in Cleveland. And I think it is poetic justice. It is chef's kiss that he makes his debut and the state that he made his name as a college player and that is ohio uh i'm looking forward to it the browns uh had them you know they have not been the team that we that a lot of people and i'll say i won't say we because i didn't i didn't think they're gonna be as great as a lot of people thought they're gonna be that a lot of people expecting them to be you know losing blowing a lead against uh the chiefs at home in week one and then pretty much Pretty much letting Houston, you know, they're playing catch up against Houston all fucking last week in their home opener. So that defense can be have some plays made on them. Tyrod Taylor and Houston were doing that very thing. But it's going to be a good matchup to see, man, with two young quarterbacks. I'm just very excited that, you know, when they do the the head to head matchup, I don't have to see Khalil Mack's face or another Bears defender face in the head. We got my own quarterback now. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's definitely going to be good uh, to watch. So Baker versus Fields. Tune in for that one. My number two uh, must-watch game of the week is the AFC West clash that I alluded to earlier in my uh, week two uh, recap. 
and that is Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, it is at uh, SoFi Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it will be a great game. Uh, Jay Herbo and the, and the Chargers coming off a tough loss last week against the Dallas Cowboys, but he's going to be ready to bounce back, and it's going to be good because, you know, it's a little rivalry going here on here right now between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You know, Mahomes was talking a little spicy during all season, like this is my block, you know what I'm saying, and I want to see you do that shit again. So it's time for Jay Herbo to go out there and, and, you know, and see what he's got. I do think that I've seen enough. I think he's generational. I think Justin Herbert is generational talent. There's only one quarterback over the next decade who I would take over Justin Herbert, and that just happens to be the quarterback he's going to be facing this week, and that is Patrick Mahomes. I'm interested to see that. There's going to be a lot of points being scored. You know, the Chargers defense has their issues. The Chiefs defense is flat-out god-awful, so that's going to be definitely an interesting game to see. And also, no, that game will be in Kansas City not SoFi Stadium. The game that will be in SoFi Stadium will be my number one game to watch this week. That is the Los Angeles Rams hosting the GOAT and the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week in L.A. And I did not know in his 22-year career, this will be the first time that Tom Brady has played a regular season, has played, uh, I mean, has played a game in Los Angeles. So that's going to be good to see. That's going to be my number one because this is a real litmus test. Real litmus test for the Rams here. This might be a NFC title preview. A lot of people have them in the NFC title game. I'm not one of them because I still think Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. But this is a real litmus test for them. Can they go out there and beat the champs? You know, the champs are going to be without Antonio uh, Brown. He's on the COVID list right now. Um, so they can, uh, you know, take him out of there. But they still got weapons. Still got uh, Mike Evans. Still got Godwin. Still got Gronk. Um, so it's going to be a good game, man. I think that's the number one thing to watch this week. And, you know, Brady, Brady loves coming in and, and crushing hope. There's one thing he loves to do. You give the go to challenge. He's going to come out there and, and, uh, and take advantage of that shit, man. So those are my top three games to watch this week. The NFL, man, I got to give it to Goodell. I got to give it to the Shield, man. These first two weeks have been awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you want to hear, you know, more in-depth uh, breakdown on week two. You can listen to the new episode of Two Minute Drill, which is on the Barber's Show Network right now. This week we had our guest JJ Stankovich from the Indianapolis Colts, writer for the Colts. He joined us. Real good talk. That's actually on your streaming feeds right now, so you can check that out. But let's get into my week three predictions for this week, man. Uh, like I said last week, I won 11 5. I want to go higher and see if we can go 12 and 4, 13 and 3 this week. So let's go with the first uh, game on tap tonight, Thursday night football, man. I'm going to go with Sam Donald, Christian McCaffrey, and the Carolina Panthers to go 3-0 as they will get a dub over the Houston Texans. Of course, there will be no inmate number four. Deshaun Watson, he is still on the non-playing list for obvious fucking reasons. And uh, Tyrod Taylor has injury. He will not be playing this week. Uh, I actually think he's placed on the IR. Don't quote me on that, but I think he was. So I'm going to go with the Panthers over that one. Uh, next game. The Bills off a nice comeback, not comeback, but a nice bounce back win against the Miami Dolphins. We'll be going up against the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke era. Taylor Heineke era. Heineke had a great game last week. Uh, comeback and, and winning against the New York Giants. Can he do it again against a tougher defense? I don't think he will. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills to go 2-1 and one on the season and win this game. Then we've got the game Browns versus Bears. Now, of course, we'll go in-depth, real in-depth. Uh, on a 79th and Hallis preview podcast this week, I'll give my score. But I still think the Browns are going to win. I think the Browns are a better team. Uh, despite, you know, us having Justin Fields, the offense got to show me some. 
offense got to show me something. You know, can Matt Nagy scheme this team up to score more than 20 points? You know, they got to do better. They got to do better, much better defense. You know, put up 206 total yards last week, 13 points against a mediocre defense in Cincinnati. At home, it's not going to cut it. You got Miles Garrett. You got that tough defense who's going to try to go out there and make a statement, not only because it's a rookie quarterback, because I, I'm pretty sure they feel a little embarrassed what they let Houston do on, through to them last week at the crib. So I'm still going to roll with the Browns. I'm not with the Browns for this one. And, uh, you know, check out a more in-depth uh, breakdown of that this week on Saturday Night the House, and we'll give our scores. Um, Ravens and Lions. Ravens, nice, nice comeback victory at the crib against the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson finally getting a win Overpatching Mahomes. That was a great showing for uh for Lamar. Yeah, some questionable throws as usual. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I always say my, my biggest critique of him. I think he has a hard time reading defenses. But one thing I'll never take away from Lamar, Lamar is a fucking playmaker. And he will get it done whether it's in the air or with his legs, man. And they're gonna go against the Detroit fucking Lions, who you know, if there's one team who makes me feel like you know, you know, shit's not that bad when it comes to my football teams, not a lot of them. Detroit Lions is one of them teams. That is a sorry-ass organization. I don't care what coaches they got there. It's, it's, it's the same shit. You know, they, you know, fake comeback against the Niners two weeks ago. They're fake competitive against the Packers for like two and a half quarters this week. But I think they're going to get steamrolled. Uh, I think the, the Ravens are going to take care of business, and they're going to go 2-1 and one on the season. Titans and Colts. First AFC South matchup between the two. Titans having a nice comeback win last week in overtime against the Seahawks. Uh, the Colts, they're not going to have, I don't, I, I, it doesn't look like they're going to have Carson Wentz this week. He fucked up both of his ankles last week against the Rams. So I don't even know who the hell their backup is. Uh, even if he was starting, I would take the Titans, but without Carson Wentz, I got the Titans big in that one. Chiefs and Chargers, I think the Chiefs going to win. I think the Chiefs going to win this game. Uh, they felt embarrassed with uh, letting uh, Baltimore come back and beat them on Sunday. And, you know, I feel like they're going to go out there and, you know, have a, uh, something to prove. And I, I feel like Justin Herbert's going to put up a good show. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. But I do think their defense, uh, led by Tyron Matthew, as bad as it's been, uh, they've gone up against two of the best rushing <laughs> attacks in the NFL. They're not going to have that problem this week against uh, the Chargers. So I do think they're going to go out there and get that W. Patriots and Saints. This one I went back and forth on. The Saints are a uh, real, you know, I think they're going to be a real Jekyll, Heckle and Jod. I, I fucked up that. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Hyde-ass team this week. Um, just the season in general. You know, they looked good two weeks ago against the Packers. Looked terrible against the Panthers last week. But Patriots have a better defense. Um, Matt Jones hasn't been great. He's been real. You know, I won't say he hasn't been great. They haven't been making letting him do more than they want him to do. He's been real game manager, but he hasn't made any mistakes. So I think uh, that'll be the thing that takes him over the top. And I do think that this defense can pick Jameis off a couple times. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Falcons, Giants, this is a, this is a terrible, terrible fucking game. Uh, this one could really go either way. They're both god-awful, but I've got way more faith in Matt, Matt Ryan than I do in Daniel Dimes. Who Listen to me, Giants fans. I've been trying to tell y'all, not just on this show, but on every podcast since that boy was drafted. You do not draft quarterbacks from basketball schools trust me i know as a bears fan watching a quarterback from a basketball school that does not work out daniel dimes is fucking terrible i don't care that he had a so-called decent game last week i don't buy it that kid stinks 
and you know, as bad as the Falcons are, I still trust Matt Ryan more than him. So I'm gonna go with the Falcons over the Giants this week. Bengals gonna try to bounce back from uh that bad showing, worst showing for Joe uh, Burrow in his pro career, throwing three interceptions uh to the Bears last week. You're gonna go to Pittsburgh. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I'm gonna go with the Bengals because another injury report. Ben Roethlisberger is questionable for this week. We don't know how he's gonna play, and if he does, he's been you know. Not the bend that we have known of old. So I'm going to go with the Bengals and a nice little bounce back victory for them. Cardinals, Jaguars, listen, Kyla fucking Murray is the fucking truth, man. That game against Minnesota last week was one of many very entertaining games we've had in these first two weeks of the season. But Kyler, he just, man, he just, first of all, just the way he runs in the pocket, you know, it's like he can escape everything. He just be, like, he just be throwing that ball up there, but it's a beautiful spiral every time. You know, he's got great receivers that get it there, and the Jaguars fucking stink. So, I think the Cardinals in an easy one. Broncos, Jets, another blah game. Uh, This is, <laughs> if you're Zach Wilson and you had the game that you had last week against that Patriots defense where you threw four laughable interceptions, I damn sure don't want to see them dogs in Denver. I think it's going to be another long afternoon for Zach. And I got the Broncos going 3-0. So, both West divisions looking hot right now, man. Uh, Raiders. Raiders going to Miami to play the Dolphins. Tua's not going to play. So many damn injuries quarterback-wise this week. Tua's not going to play. I think the Raiders going to go out there. Go out there. They're going to go 3-0. I think they're going to have a solid showing. Derek Carr have another good game. Uh, Bucks, Rams. Like I was talking about in my uh, top three games to watch this week. This is my number one game to watch this week. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Going to Bucks, man. This is Tom Brady loves situations like these. He loves taking the hope of a team that's trying to get a big win over him and ripping their fucking heart out. And Tom Brady has nine interceptions in two two games, which is come on, man. Like what? he had forty touchdowns last year. I think he has a legitimate shot. To throw 50 touchdowns at age 44, that is what are we doing here, man? It, it's the point where it's like, who 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 did he sell his soul to to be playing this damn well his age? But I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I think the Bucks are gonna make more plays. I think the defense is gonna pick off Stafford a couple times. Like he, I don't I don't believe Matt Stafford. I really don't. You know, I don't think he's bad. I definitely don't think he's as bad as some people think. Those people think Matt Stafford is trash. I am not one of those people. Uh, I think Matt Stafford is a good quarterback, but that's where the buck stops. I don't think he's a quarterback that takes you over the top. And honestly, I'm just going to say it. it might be a little hot take. I don't see the hype in, in Sean McVay. Everybody loves Sean McVay. I want you to look. I've asked this question on Twitter last two weeks. Nobody's tweeting me. Tweet me, put in the comments. With, Tell me why Sean McVay is a good coach without mentioning his fucking age. I don't care he's 35. Explain to me why he's a good coach. I'm waiting. Somebody tell me, man. But I'm going to take the Bucs this week. Vikings, two crushing losses back-to-back. They've showed up in both of them. I give it to Kirk Cousins. Been pretty decent. Pretty decent these first two weeks. Justin Jefferson is a dog. And I would be worried about having him in my division for the next decade if they had a, a great quarterback. But fortunately for us, they don't. So I don't lose any sleep over them. Two terrible losses to the Bengals. And a terrible loss last week against the Cardinals. That missed field goal, which I laughed for about 10 minutes after that shit. They're going against Seattle. Seattle trying to uh, not go under 500. But I think it's the Vikings home opener. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think they'll, I, I just can't see the Vikings 
going 0-3 to start the season. I just, I just can't see, especially they've been in these uh these first two games. So I'm going to go with the Vikings for this week. I think they pulled that out. Sunday night football. Waiting all day for Sunday night. One of my favorite MAGA classics because she definitely sounds like, you know, she's saluting Trump. You know, every, Carrie Underwood every time she sings that damn song. But I love that damn song. It's going to be the Niners and their home opener open up against the Green Bay Packers, man. Uh, the last couple times, Aaron never plays well in his home city, home home city. Um, and also, I just don't believe in the Green Bay Packers. Now, obviously, if you're gonna think I'm biased because I got a fucking Bears jersey on, I'm a diehard Bears fan, and I hate the fucking Packers. Obviously, but that's nothing to do with my hate for them. I watch the games. I have not been impressed by these first two games. Obviously, they got the ass kicked by the by the Saints. And you, you don't impress me by being a Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions is shit you're supposed to do. It's like when people, it's like when dudes want credit for being a good father. You're supposed to take care of your damn kids. I'm not giving you what you want a fucking cookie. So I don't care that the, that the, that the Packers went out there and beat the damn Lions. Show me something. What I, if they, you know, I got to see, you know, what they're going to do this week against the Niners. They can go out there and beat the Niners. I might start believing in a little bit, a little bit. But, Going with San Francisco. I think San Francisco gets the dub. I think they move to 3-0. And now for Monday Night Football. By the way, Monday Night Manning has delivered back-to-back weeks. I love Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. It's great. It's great uh, banter between the two. You can really see a brotherly love between the two. Eli. I didn't know Eli was that damn funny. Uh, Peyton is a is a football savant. You know, I, I was not a Peyton fan. When you know he's playing for two reasons. One, I'm a I'm a Brady guy. Been a Brady guy since I was in seventh fucking grade. So on that, I was always Team Brady. So I was never Peyton fan. Also, Peyton Manning is responsible for the worst day of my life when he beat the Bears in Super Bowl 41. But he's a likable guy. He knows everything about the fucking game. It's been a joy to watch. So I'm looking forward to them breaking down this. This is my favorite division, the NFC least. I love how much these fan bases fucking hate each other. So the Cowboys. Who that making me look pretty stupid? You know, I won't say look make me look stupid because I did say the only reason I didn't pick them to win the division was because I didn't know how healthy Dak Prescott was. I guess the Cowboys were in line. Dak looked pretty healthy to me these first two games. So this is going to be a good one. The Eagles are, uh, you know, they're one and one right now. Jalen Hurts is going to be on the big stage, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys move to two and one. It's going to be a nice little showing for them in Jerry World, man. So those are my week three predictions, man. Went 11 and five last week. Let's see what I can do this week. And now we're going to get into our gambling with Mikey segment of the day, man. Uh, it is uh, it's week three. It's week three, so let's uh let's let's get into it, man. Let's let's bring him in, and let's talk about it. What well, what's going on, bro? What's the word, man? What's going on? Happy National Justin Fields Day. Happy National Justin Fields Day. It is a glorious day. I've got this hot ass jersey on. Even though it's a hundred degrees out here. <laughs> it feels like in the valley, but we are here. But let's talk about it, man. Week three in the NFL. How did your week two bets go? I see you're not in the car anymore. You're in the house, so you must have won something. <laughs> man, we uh we went once again one and two. Um shout out to Eddie Jackson once again. He he fucked us week one as a Bears fan. He helped us on week two as a Bears fan, allowing Jamar Chase to get that meaningless touchdown in the end. That pushed us over our 53 and a half yards receiving. So that was the only bet we hit. Jonathan Taylor receptions. He went from getting seven targets and six receptions week one 
to one one target, one catch week two. So I don't know what's going on there. And then uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he killed our parlay, man. That was the last leg we needed. We needed the Chiefs. So hopefully this week, man, we could push it up to over 500. We could get some wins, man. Right now, the, right now the followers have just broken even. If you've taken every bet, you've just broken even. You haven't made any money, really haven't lost any money. So I'm trying to put some some money in everybody's pockets, man. Yeah, losing no mo- any money is never a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Never a bad <laughs> thing in gambling. But uh, what what's some of your uh your odds for this week? What's some things you're looking at heading into week, th- week three? We got a lot of nice little good matchups going on this week. So what, what are you looking at? Yeah, we do, man. We do. Uh, um, I'm going to stick with some player props this week. I know tomorrow's game might be an eyesore for a lot to watch. Um, You got the Panthers and the Texans. But I really love for our first play, Robbie Anderson. Over 44 and a half receiving yards. Um, so far, man, the, uh, the Texans have, have been they've been more competitive than I thought, um, especially going in with everything with Deshaun, a lot of turnover. Uh, but in week one, they allowed four players to go over this number. Um, Robbie, Aber- Robbie Anderson in his last 17 games has gone over 44 and a half receiving yards 13 times. He's 10 and 1 over his last 11 games, going over 44 and a half receiving yards. I mean, he could get this off one play. So I really like that. Um, I thought we're going to roll with that one. Um, the second one, man, this is this game is definitely um, it's going on the second TV. It might go on the first TV. I'm, I can't do red zone for this one. Chiefs Chargers, man. Ooh, that's uh, gonna be a game right there, dog. I'm glad that's, that's in the late, in the late. Uh, it's in the late uh, time slot, right? Yep, yep, yep. It's okay, in that cool. like uh, that four o'clock over for okay, me in the perfect. East Coast. So it'll be after Fields Baker, which is good because I need my full attention. I ain't gotta watch Sunday Ticket because they're in the LA uh, market this week, so I won't be two plays behind. <laughs> no, you good, right? You tapped yeah. it. That's the worst part for me, man. I gotta watch everything streaming, so I gotta. Yeah. My phone is like this down, so I don't. Right, I don't me get too. Them alerts. I, I don't tweet until commercial break. Yep, same way. But uh, Justin Herbert, man, Jay Herbo, over two two hundred and ninety one and a half passing yards. Um, he's two for two on heading over this mark this year. He's already thrown for 330 yards twice uh, the first two weeks of the season. The season last year against the Chiefs as a rookie, he went over this twice, two 300-yard uh, passing games on their head. Um, and I love this man. It, it, you know the game script kind of calls for it. Uh, Chiefs secondary isn't really that good. Um, you got Patty on the other side, so you know it's going to be a shootout. Um, and and. Actually, if the Chiefs build, you know, come out to a big league, I think they're gonna play a little angry. It's a divisional game. Oh yeah, they they pissed off on Monday. They pissed off on Monday. They had that game in the bag. You know, Patty was talking a little spicy about Justin in the in the uh, in the in the you know during the uh, the off season, saying you know you got to show me, right? Um, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> do it again. So realistically, it, this I feel like this number's so low. Last week his line was at like three hundred and three yards. This year is 291, so uh, or this week is 291. So I think we're gonna go with the over 291 and a half. Um, whether they come out, you know, if they if they fall behind, he's gonna have to throw it. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I love that man. Um, the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs are third in the league in the most yards uh, given up in the passing game. So I love that man. In uh, the second one, we're gonna stick with that game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was on my shit list uh, Sunday night. But um, right now his rushing line is at uh, 51 and a half, which is really low. 
Chargers, Chargers might have a good secondary. My man Derwin, you got Asante uh, Jr. But in the rushing game, they got tore up by Antonio Gibson week one. Last week, they gave up two over 200 yards rushing to Zeke and Pollard. Even though uh, Clyde isn't really hasn't taken off like they thought they you know he would after coming out of LSU, I think this line is still super low. Uh, it might be a sweat, but I think he could get us 13 rushes for 60 yards. So uh, we're going to take the over 51 and a half, and we're going to ride with three player props this week, man. Hopefully they come through for us because these games, fluky shit happens. Like, look at the Bears game. Look at the Bears game. <laughs> I thought we were going to get the fucking demolished last week. Like I, I did not see that happening at all. Defense said, fuck that, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but from a gambling, from a gambling aspect, it was Bears minus three and a half to start the week. They were winning by, what, 17 points in the fourth quarter. The Bengals end up coming back off some, you know, the Justin turnover, late uh, late touchdown to Jamar Chase. The Bengals end up covering. So, you know, if you took the Bengals plus the points, you came up on, you, you know, you came up on some money at the end. So that's how these games go. A lot of fluky shit. We've seen it with the Chiefs game. If not, that parlay would have hit. So I'm going to just ride with the player props, man, and I'm just going to, I'm gonna refresh. Uh, I'm gonna refresh the fan, uh, the ESPN app all weekend and see how we doing. And you can also follow him, for, you know, for up to date shit. You know, if you want to see what else is is coming up. So, uh, but let's uh, pivot to some to some other talk real quick. Now, of course, when we're when anybody sees this on a Thursday, so the White Sox have an opportunity to clinch their first AL Central Division Championship in 13 years. And I looked up. Something which is crazy as hell to me. Not only would this be the first time in our over a hundred year franchise history that we're going to the playoffs in back to back seasons, this is since the division era started the longest gap between division titles in White Sox history. Of course, we remember the, the uh, the 83 team, which is one of LaRusso's first teams, a 10 year gap between the Batman and Robin teams of Frank Thomas and Robin Ventura. Then there was another seven year gap with the kids with Frank and Paul Canerco, Mark Burley's rookie season. And of course, we all know what happened in Glorious 05 when we won the whole damn thing. And 08 was the last time. So let's talk about how, how fucking long ago that was. I'm going to be 33 in a month. I couldn't legally drink yet. <laughs> last time the White Sox won the fucking division. So but they're really they're there. We I talked about this early in the show. They're crawling to the finish line. Like Tony LaRusso is bringing that low management aspect that we see into the from the NBA into this one. Well, they really haven't looked like they tried. Are you concerned like I am heading to October in a couple of weeks? I am. I'm not going to lie, man. I am. I know I was, uh, you know, throughout the season, I was telling you, chill, chill, patience, long season, long season. Um, it really matters what you do, to, you know, the, after the All-Star game. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just not really liking what I'm seeing with this team, man. Um, I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt. I think yesterday was like only the fourth time we've put out, like, that that main core lineup with which is with, crazy which is crazy in 162, <laughs> 162 games four games with our five top hitters in the lineup <laughs> you know and, you know so i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt there but uh between the load management between uh some of our arms going down you know having to put in spot starts with Jimmy Lambert, Ray, Ray Lowe, you know, and he and he did well, man. For the most part, I won't shit on him, man. He did well. Yeah. Outside of that, that Red Sox game, that's that's a that's a top lineup in, you know, in, in all of baseball. But um, I'm just a little worried, man. I'm just a little worried. I don't I don't see that sense of urgency. Uh we're past the dog days of baseball. 
That's yeah. late July, yeah. early late August. July, early August. Yep. You know, now it's all right. Let's let's get healthy, which we're trying to do, and um, let's let's put some good at bats together. Um, Eloy slumping, no Andrew Vaughn. You know, um, dealing with that that bad back. So I'm a little bit nervous. I would say if we have to go on the confidence, you know, out of out of one to ten, I'm at like about a six, and I think the six is still because we're young and we're so damn talented. They're yeah. super fucking talented, but uh. I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely nervous, man. I'm definitely nervous. And I see, you know, we're gonna start Rodon Tuesday to you know to see to see how he is. And part of me wants to say don't even do it. Give him that extra time. I, I see both sides. Like I see what you're saying about don't do it, but I also agree with what Ethan Katz is saying. Like you don't want him to be rusty going into October either. I do think they're gonna watch him very carefully. And but you know, when LaRusa came out, I said he's concerned that like raised the red life for me. I know he I know Los went up there. Was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's Scott Boris talking because you know he's gonna be a free agent <laughs> and a co ones. He wants to make everybody know my arm is fine. You can still pay me. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? That Tuesday, if he comes out and he can give, if he could give the team five innings and yeah. he looks good, I would say, all right, cool. That's enough. Let's yep. let's show it his arm. Let's bring him back because we're gonna need him, man. Because if not, you're looking at possibly bringing Lance Lynn, you know, in, in the first round, Lance Lynn on on short rest. Or having a, you know, I don't want to do, I don't want to have to watch another bullpen game in the playoffs with this team. Like we did last year in that Oakland game. I do not want to have to see them go, you know, I I, I really don't want to see Dallas Kike. I don't want to see a Dallas Kike or Raylo game, game three, game four. I really don't. I don't want to see them anywhere but in their playoff hoodies in the dugout. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Exactly. You know what, man? Build up those arms and get ready for that for that next round. You know, so let's see. Like I told you, what was it? There's about 11 games left. I need over 500. I preferably like to see that team three games over 500 to end the stretch. Get through this weekend. You know, hopefully who knows? Today might be a blessing that the game was rained out. Um so, you know, let, let's see. I want, you know, it, 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 you know how with the Cubs, it was it was uh, with Dexter Fowler. You know, he go, we go. And T.A. T.A. leads everything off for us. He does everything for us. So I'm, I'm really worried about T.A. I want them legs going. And, um, you know, Eloy, he, he's slumping, man. He need to grow that mustache back. <laughs> yeah, he de- he definitely <laughs> look like, you know, he, he, he need to put that shit back on. But, um. <laughs> But yeah, let them know where they can follow you at again, man. So you know they can stay up to date with any other uh you know bets you might have coming up in the week. Yeah, definitely, man. You can follow me on Jr. underscore Solito on Twitter. That's where I'm gonna put pretty much all my bets. Uh, you know, we still got some stuff on Monday night, Sunday night. You know, it, it's early in the week, so uh, definitely check back. Like I said, I'll post something. You can retweet it, and you know, let let's cash some money, man. Let's get these checks. Yes, sir, man. We'll holler at you next week. All right, bro. Appreciate you. Now, let's get into our Goofy Mog of the Week as we wrap this week's edition of the show up, man. Uh, I'm going to give my Goofy Mog of the Week to the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, NBA training camp start next week. Teams are going to start reporting. Uh, media day, a lot of media days next week. Um, the Lakers are getting ready for theirs. You know, LeBron is taking the Lakers on a three-day mini camp in Vegas uh, to get them ready. A chemistry camp, as he, as, he, as, he, as he calls it. I like that. I think it's cool for a veteran to, you know, get the guys together before you get around coaching and shit like that. So I, I, I like that, you know, and they're going to need that because there's a lot of old guys on that team. Lakers are a very interesting team this year. You know, I don't really know. You know, we'll get into that when it gets closer to the season. But my... Goofy Mark, we is the Sixers because 
Ben Simmons came out this week, said he's not reporting to camp next week, man. He's not reporting to camp. He is threatening to sit out the entire season if he does not, uh, you know, get traded. He still has four years left and over $130 million left on that deal. And I'm going to give him on to the Sixers because, yes, I think Ben Simmons is extremely overrated. I'm not mad at the Sixers for wanting to trade, trade him. And I'm not mad at Ben for wanting to get traded and saying I'm not fucking coming because of this reason here. The Sixers of the Google Market Week because they're 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 playing this, they're they're fucking their hand up. You're lowering his value. You lowered his value by openly talking shit about the man in the press. You know, the comments that Doc Rivers had after they lost to the Hawks, you know, the the the, the tweets and the stuff from Joel Embiid and the comments like that. What are you doing? You're lowering his fucking trade value. And then to have Doc Rivers. On first take today, a day after the demands that Ben Simmons had is is his ass backwards. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So, you know, to me, it's looking like I don't even know what you can realistically get for Ben. Now, I will say Ben is going to get traded. We've seen this story in the NBA for a decade. You know, for a decade, Scruggle Superstar wants to get traded. It always fucking happens. So I do fully expect him to get traded. I don't know where he fits. I mean, there's, there's you know, there's different teams being laid out there, but I just think the Sixers are playing their hand wrong, and I think that they this, this could affect them in their return they get for Ben Simmons. And I do feel like they could have been more professional about it, say, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate everything in the offseason. You know, we still love Ben. He's still part of our team. We, you know, we're not going to say anything about that. And saying, instead of going up there saying, I don't know if he can win a championship without Ben. Like, Doc is a veteran coach. He's a championship coach. You got to know better than that, man. So I'm going to give my Google Mark and Wheat to the Philadelphia 76ers organization for the whole way they've carried this whole thing, man. But this has been another edition of I'm Not Going to Hold You, uh, episode 12. We'll be back next week. I'm looking forward to uh, talking about um, you know, but NBA talk, man. We got training camp coming up, man. So look out for that. Follow me on Twitter at Barbara Scott. Follow HB Media, uh, HB Media TV on their Twitter and HB Media on Instagram. Follow Barbara Network at Barbara Net on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barbara Network. We out. We'll holler at y'all next week. on the other